Hey, what's up, fools? This is your host, Lauren Leslie, with the Design Tribe podcast, based out of beautiful Birmingham. Yep, you heard that right. We've moved. This is the podcast version of my webinar series you'll find on my website at laurenlesley.com. Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. We'll be discussing all things related to the design side of your online business and interviewing creative entrepreneurs. If you'd like to watch the video version of this episode, you will be able to follow along with awesome slides that I made super pretty, and you'll get to interact with me in the comments. I also go live in the Design Tribe Facebook group if you'd rather tune in there. To sign up for show episodes, go to laurenlesley.com slash webinar series. Or if you'd like to join our Facebook community, check out facebook.com slash groups slash Design Tribe Lauren Leslie. Thanks for connecting with the Design Tribe. Let's start the conversation. What's up, fool? Welcome back to my channel, the essential hub for all things design, pattern, and art related. In this video, I'm going to walk you through my top 10 list for different types of textile design jobs. Textile design is the most rewarding career, in my humble opinion, <laughs> and I'm here to help you navigate the textile design world even if you don't have a degree in textile design. Make sure you watch the whole video because I do have a little surprise for you at the end. All right, let's get this show on the road. Now you may be wondering, what does a textile designer actually do? And if you want to get more information on the day-to-day -day responsibilities of a textile designer, you should check out my other video here. Otherwise, to explain a textile designer's job briefly, the textile designer is basically responsible for creating designs and patterns and prints seen on soft goods like a fabric or apparel. And also sometimes the textile designer is responsible for the product development side of the uh, textile design itself. So that means they would be uh, responsible for helping with the construction, the embellishments, and the uh, physical techniques that go into the fabric. So not surprisingly, the most common understanding of a textile designer is a fabric designer. Now, what does a fabric designer do more specifically? So fabric designers will create commercially appealing textiles for the interiors segment, which includes office, hospitality, healthcare, and residential. They are generally responsible for researching trends, understanding the market in general, and coming up with new ideas and concepts for new fabrics. Fabric designers should be able to uh, develop their fabrics all the way from the concept phase all the way to the product launch. They should be able to analyze their samples and prototypes in a smart way and also receive feedback openly to ultimately come up with the best fabrics. Uh, and fabric designers generally report to a design manager or an art director or sometimes a creative director. Some companies that fabric designers can work for include Milliken, Robert Kaufman Fabrics, and Kravit Fabrics. And these are all US-based companies, so I apologize for all my overseas viewers. I'm just more familiar with a lot of the US companies uh, in textile design. So the next category I call soft flooring because <laughs> it encompasses all of the types of textiles that go on the floor. And for those of you who know me, you know that I was a rug designer for seven years 
working for a manufacturer out of Atlanta, and I absolutely love rugs. If you're new here, make sure to click that subscribe button and click the bell and make sure that you get notified every time I come out with a new video. So in the soft flooring category, you could be a rug designer like I was. You could design wall-to-wall -wall flooring like my friends Alyssa and Alice, or you could design things like bath mats and doormats like my friend Jen. Now, if you uh, decide to work in the soft flooring category, you will expect it to be to do trend research, to go to markets sometimes twice a year and sometimes four times a year and also understand the constructions. You will also be responsible for coming up with a color palette. And if you're really needing to learn more about color, you should check out my Skillshare class here, uh, Color Queen. Uh, but also you sometimes as a textile designer in the soft flooring, will have to work with private label clients or sometimes licensors. So number three is a bedding designer and bedding designers are often work with private label clients and develop trend strategies to support that brand. They are responsible for the design, development, selection, and approval of materials, trims, silhouettes, and patterns. Bedding designers are also expected to think about the profitability of their projects. In other words, you need a commercial brain when you are designing your bedding projects and you can't just think about what you like, but you have to think about what the customer will ultimately want to buy. Bedding designers often report to a design director or a VP of design or VP of product development and often have a very customer-centric vision. And the bedding designers are expected to help uh, their design director or VP uh, really support that vision and execute it. Bedding designers are also expected to really create an entire assortment, which means that if you think about uh, the way a bed looks, okay? So you have the duvet, you have the Euro shams, you have standard shams, you have the bed skirt underneath, you have uh, sometimes even a throw or a quilt that goes with the bedding. So you have to think about the how all of these pieces are going to look together as a full collection. And then how the assortment, how each little mini collection will look together in a product range. You wanna make sure that you are filling all the gaps, filling every customer need and filling any kind of major environment uh, environment look or the environment of the way we live in our homes, for example. Some people like a more bohemian style. Some people want more modern and clean and simple. Others want to be more traditional. So you have to think about uh, meeting the needs of each customer that your company serves. So number four is soft goods in home decor, which is gonna cover everything else that I have not already mentioned. So other textile design jobs sometimes work on a variety of projects. So if you worked for a company like uh, In Vogue International, which is based out of New York City, then you would design a range of products such as pillows, throws, window curtains, aprons, kitchen and table linens, etc. as per the project requirements. So sometimes there are a big range of products that you might have to work on as a textile designer. In this type of role, the designer will absolutely need to know the basics of Photoshop and Illustrator, which you pretty much need for any textile design job, and the basic understanding of fabrics and techniques like embroidery. 
If you have a serious interest in becoming a textile designer but lack some of these skills, please check out my signature course, Textile Star, where I train you how to begin into the textile design world even without a degree in textile design. So number five is a fashion designer or a textile designer who essentially designs apparel. So take my friend Alex, for example, who worked with me at Saria. We both were rug designers and then she moved to New York City and now works as a fashion designer for Michael Kors. So basically uh, my point in telling you this is that a lot of times textile design jobs can really transcend different industries. Now you're gonna be able to move up the ladder a lot more quickly if you kind of become an expert in one category. However, if you want to transition into another category, you can totally do that. So as a fashion designer, you would be expected to work with merchandising and product development teams to come up with original designs for your company. Depending on your company's market and values, you may, uh, your priorities as a fashion designer may be to something like comfort, fit, or durability. If you work in fast fashion, however, then your priorities might be uh, more to low prices and key new trends. On the other hand, if you work in something like ethical fashion, then you may be more devoted to uh, coming up with designs and uh, new apparel that uses natural fibers such as cotton, silk, wool, and linen, which are totally biodegradable. And your company is probably going to be committed to uh, good labor practices, of course. And also uh, another option would be to source 100% recycled PET yarn, which comes from recycled plastic bottles. So if you're in ethical fashion, then this is gonna be one of your main priorities on how you develop uh, constructions. <laughs> on top of that, you may be encouraged to work with more natural dyes uh, in your apparel, which is gonna give your overall brand a more like eco-friendly or environmental look. Some people call it like a little bit crunchy. <laughs> That's what my husband says, I don't know. He is totally crunchy by the way, so <laughs> it's not an insult. Hey, I wanna take a quick break to ask if you love this episode, please consider supporting the Design Tribe podcast by becoming a beloved patron over at patreon.com slash Lauren Leslie Studio. Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. Your support helps keep this podcast ad-free and allows me to continue creating free content for you. All right, thanks so much for listening. Let's pick up right where we left off. So number six is as a baby or kids wear designer. Now there are several little like kind of micro industries within the fashion design world. And so I wanna talk about those and kids wear is a really fun industry to work in. So textile designers in kidswear are expected to create uh, not only patterns, but sometimes illustrations, graphics, and of course, prints uh, that are of course geared towards children. They'll need to understand various kinds of textile design and execution techniques on multiple fabrications, including printing, weaving, and adding embellishments. And again, if you need help with any of these things, make sure to check out my masterclass, Textile Star, which you can find in the description below. Go look.
They'll also need to uh, collaborate with design and technical teams to make sure that the production quality is smooth. So that includes like troubleshooting uh, their designs and making sure that they are production friendly on a mass scale. Some really popular kids wear companies to work for in the US include Carter's, Jimboree, and Mud Pie in Atlanta. So number seven is to uh, be a fashion designer in athletic wear. And as a textile designer in athletic wear, you have to think about performance, durability, and also the lifestyle of your customers. In other words, you always need to be able to keep in mind the high energy activities that your customers are gonna be doing while wearing your apparel. Like, does the garment need to retain uh, or resist moisture? Does it need to be absorbent? Does it need to have good air permeability? All of these things are only gonna help improve uh, your, your designs in athletic wear. Should the apparel be loose or tight? Think yoga pants or sweatpants. <laughs> um, also, as a general rule, the apparel should be comfortable and should not rub the skin during vigorous exercise. You obviously have to keep in mind all of the activities that your customers are gonna be doing while wearing your design. The designer will be responsible for researching seasonal trends in activity, silhouette, color, fabric, trim, etc. And the designer would also attend trade shows, meet with vendors and uh, suppliers, and would also meet with key customer accounts as required. So sometimes artists and designers are a little bit introverted, but you are going to have to go to some meetings and put on your sales hat a little bit and be able to explain the, all the product development that goes into designing these products. So number eight is a swimwear designer and swimwear designers will research trends all the way from runway and magazines and competitors and sometimes even vintage designs, which is so cool. They will source waterproof fabrics and will approve and uh, analyze color dips and strike-offs and all those kinds of things. Like other textile designers, they will create concept boards and present them um, as a new project to, for the next line or the next season. And they will work with overseas factories to produce their samples. So number nine is a freelance textile designer. So all of the roles I just mentioned were uh, more for in-house positions. However, if you have already worked for a company, you should have a pretty easy time becoming a freelance textile designer. Now, I don't recommend trying to start out as a freelance textile designer. Um, you could potentially make it work, but it's going to be a lot harder for you. It's always easier to uh, become a freelance textile designer when you have your resume built up and you've worked for companies that other companies recognize and you have some networking under your belt. There is so much to learn on the job as a textile designer about the business side of things. And you just learn so much by working for a company first, um, just about the industry that you're in and everything else that I really do believe that it's to your benefit to work for a company in-house before you go out on your own. So number 10 is art licensing. So you can license your prints and patterns as a textile designer and Art licensing is a wonderful field to get into, but it's an extremely difficult field to get into because you get paid on royalties instead of like a monthly or weekly salary uh, that you get paid as soon as you start working. Whereas when you're paid on royalties, sometimes you have to wait for six months to a year out to start getting any kind of payment. 
and then it's gonna be you know only a couple of things at first and it kind of snowballs and eventually turns into a full-time salary. So if you have the flexibility to be able to do that, if you have a lot of savings or someone to lean on who's supporting you, then art licensing is wonderful to get into. Um, however, if you are wanting to get into the art licensing world, sometimes you may need to freelance or work a part-time job while you're getting started. In the art licensing world, sometimes you're also referred to as a surface pattern designer because you're working more with uh, 2D prints and patterns and you don't really have as much of a hand anymore in the product development side of things. You're not meeting with suppliers and going to all the trade shows. Um, I mean, you can, but it does, it costs a lot of money to do that for yourself. Whereas if you're working in house, the company is going to send you and you're gonna meet with all the suppliers and all the vendors and see all of their new construction developments and all their new ideas. And you're gonna be able to kind of pick and choose what you wanna work with or give them feedback or give them your ideas to develop and work with. And as in, when you're in art licensing, you don't really get that kind of exposure. However, if you no longer want to work for a company and you want to be your own boss, or you move to a city like Birmingham, Alabama, like I did for my husband's job, and uh, there might not be any textile design companies there. So your two options if you want to work for yourself are to either be a freelance textile designer or get into art licensing. Your assignment, you may be thinking. <laughs> yes, I have some homework for you but don't worry, it's easy. <laughs> okay, so for your assignment, I want to take a vote and out of all the top 10 uh, licensing or textile design jobs I just mentioned, I wanna see which one you would vote for and which one you want to work in the most. Okay, so leave me a comment down below and let me know which field you would most love to work in. Fabric design, soft flooring, bedding, home decor, uh, fashion, kids wear, athletic wear, swimwear, or as a freelance textile designer or in art licensing? Let me know. Also, I want to invite you to join my exclusive Facebook group, which is private and only for a serious designers and artists, where uh, I host a 90-day art style challenge in my Facebook group. So I hope that you will consider checking it out and joining. And we're gonna get to your surprise in just a second. But first, if you liked this video, give it a thumbs up, uh, hit the subscribe button. And if you're on Instagram, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram with hashtag design tribe and tag me at Lauren Leslie Studio. I'd love you forever. All right, guys, so to get your surprise, head over to my website at laurenlesley.com. Leslie's with an EY. I will also tag it in the description below, and uh, you can get your free trend guided there. You're welcome. Thank you so much for watching. I love you. See you in the next video. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Design Tribe podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Here comes the part where I need to ask you for a little favor. Help a sister out. Next time you're in iTunes, please leave a rating and a review. Seriously, please? It only takes a few seconds and it would quite literally make my day. For real, it helps this podcast get found so that other awesome people like you can join the dialogue and connect with each other. 
And as a quick reminder, you can watch the video version of most podcast episodes too. To get notifications, head over to laurenlesley.com slash webinar dash series. And remember that Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. Or check out the Design Tribe Facebook group where I'll be streaming on Facebook Live as well. Have a great day, a great attitude, and a great life. Talk soon.